When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Book of Joe podcast with me, Tom Verducci and Joe Madden. And, and Joe, as a former catcher, as a former manager of Wilson Contreras, I'm sure you're following closely what's happened in the last week with the St. Louis Cardinals and their $85 million free agent, Wilson Contreras, who the Cardinals decided after a very slow start to the season that he's no longer their catcher. It took only 23 starts behind the plate for Contreras for the Cardinals to say, you know what? Uh, no, we're going to take a mulligan on you being our everyday catcher. Um, give me your first reaction when you heard about this, Joe, since you know both the Cardinals and Wilson so well. Yeah, uh, surprise is uh, an understatement. I, I don't, I, I'd like to know more. We're not going to know more. The real reasons and <clears throat> who are the motivating factors behind this? I mean, it's not. Uh, this is not as um, easy or obvious as we're disappointed in him catching. <clears throat> so we have to move on after twenty some games. Uh, after all, they got to see him play in Chicago for how many years? They saw, you know, the playoffs in the World Series. They've seen him. Obviously, they have. But they scouted him. We're just just talking scouting with Borzy a couple of minutes ago. They scouted him so. Going into this, if there's any zits, you got to know that in advance. So uh, it, there's something internal going on there, and the fact that they're off to a bad start, absolutely, it's it's incredible how we always have to look for reasons. I looked at their their pitching numbers. I mean, they're right in the middle of the pack. They're number nine overall. Uh, and again, it's early. That's the thing. It's so darn early. And 
for me, when you invest that much money in a player like Wilson and he's there for an absolute particular reason, there don't, there's a way that you, you could be cutting into some confidence here and some trust over a long period of time. I mean, the only, only thing I could think of is when the Red Sox signed <clears throat> Carl Crawford. And after a couple of days or weeks, whatever, they dropped it from two to seven or eight. And that, uh, you know, Carl said all the right things, but eventually that, that really blows your mind up. So I don't know. There's, there's more to it. Um, you can't blame it on him. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm looking at the numbers. I know they're coming off a Hall of Fame catcher, and I'm a big Yachty guy, and we all are. But I, there's, there's something uh, undermining going on there, and I know it's a uh, tradition-based organization, and they do, uh, from, from my perspective, I like what they do. I think they're more um, real and uh, traditional, and, and they put analytics you know, in the background using it, but, but I think they do uh, go by their own methods. That's been my impression. So I'm just curious because, to me, it really didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, you just hinted at the guest we're going to bring on, Mike Borzello, longtime catching instructor and and game strategist for you with the Cubs and long before that with the New York Yankees championship teams. He obviously knows Wilson well, worked with him on a daily basis, including Wilson Contreras was behind the plate in Game 7 of a World Series in 2016, and now he's not an everyday catcher. I have a lot of problems with this, Joe. I mean, first of all, Wilson Contreras only started 72 games behind the plate for the Cubs last year. You know, he DH'd much of the time. Uh, to me, he's not a 110, 120-game catcher. Um, you want his bat in the lineup as a DH. He can play the outfield in the pinch. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not the kind of guy you're signing to be Yadier Molina. I'm sorry. You go in there with eyes wide open. Um, the Cardinals are off to a terrible start. This, listen, this is a pitching staff that is built on soft contact. It's not a swing and miss staff. We now have rules where you cannot shift, and the Cardinals have gone from one of the better defensive teams to one of the worst defensive teams. Their expected batting average is lower than what the actual batting average on balls in play is. It tells me they're not in the right spot. They're just not playing good defense. Um, there's a lot of problems here. Listen, the, the pitching staff has been terrible on two-strike counts. Is that the catcher's fault? It's generally the problem of execution rather than selection. Um, you know, go around the horn. You have a, a log jam of outfielders where some of these young players are not progressing the way that they should because no one's guaranteed an everyday spot in the lineup. Jordan Walker makes the team out of spring training, and after a blink of an eye, he's back in the minor leagues where he's now struggling. So all these things are, are uh, coming to a confluence here with the Cardinals, and I don't know why they were so public about saying, you know what, the problem is Wilson Contreras. And I know John Mose, like came out of his way to say, listen, we're not blaming him. But that's the message you gave people when you singled out the one move that you're making. You essentially announced, first they said he's going to play the outfield. A couple of days later, they said, nah, no, actually, we misspoke. He's not going to play the outfield. They have too many outfielders as it is. So I don't like that, the fact that, it. listen, if you're not happy with the job he's doing behind the plate, okay, fine. You don't have to announce it to the world that he's no longer catching after essentially, you know, 23 games behind the plate. I don't think it's fair to the player. I don't think it's fair to the rest of the team. So as you mentioned, Joe, I'm sure there's a lot of things going on here. Let's not forget it's not just that, you know, Yadi Molina is gone. Mike Maddox, a pitching coach, is gone. They've got a new pitching coach. Um, and you think about they had a nexus of Mike Schilt, Yadi Molina, 
Mike Maddox, a lot of experience there. All those now have turned over. It's not the same run prevention team. I think they'll figure it out, but they're, they're in danger of burying themselves this early in the season. Yeah, just back to something you said earlier about Wilson, and I guess he only caught 70-some games last year. When we were there, Borzy and I, my thing with him was to never have him catch more than three games in a row. Uh, a couple times, I think in August, I went four times in a row just because he was so valuable. Uh, his ability to both uh, you know, stop a running game, hit. And, and again, I mean, I know this. a lot of this is analytically driven for me because even back then, uh, we got a lot of pressure you know, regarding uh, his receiving ability. And again, based on metrics and um, framing and all these different numbers that are now available to us, there's a lot of people that did not like him analytically, even at that time. Um, Borzi could talk about this more specifically, but we worked very hard to bring him up to speed. And, and the thing about Wilson to me, that I, I was really impressed with his work ethic and his prep work. Um, I, he was, I can't even say he got better. It was always very good. He just got to understand the position better as we went through this process for several years with him. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a, some kind of a power struggle going on there. Somebody's attempting to become uh, the next Yachty somehow in order to take charge of this pitching and pitching staff and, and how we're going to do this. Um, but I'll get back to you in this right here. Uh, Borzi, Mike Borzelli, you're going to talk to, to me, uh, does this better than anybody in baseball. I've, I've referenced it in the past when we won some big series with the Cubs that the other team got Borzelloed. He has a method that he uh, applies that's unique to himself. Um, it's analytically driven in his own cocktail. Uh, nobody else does it like him because uh, the way he breaks it down, the way he presents it to the catcher and the pitchers is unique. And then furthermore, in-game, he has the ability to relay information and stuff to the catcher real-time that I th- I've thought. I mean, I'd be standing next to him, we'd be talking about it, and I saw it happen. Uh, last point, I think maybe regarding that, the, the pitch clock possibly has um, actually permitted or decreased the, the amount of time that you could uh, lend to making decisions or relay information. And I don't know to what extent that may be impactful with this, too, and and why you have to give it more time as a catcher in this situation is understanding the staff and, and how we're prepping and how we're trying to do things. All these things are interconnected. Last point, it is May 9th, brother. It is May 9th. Um, so to me, you could be, you got to be careful with the, the signals you're putting out there right now because it could be uh, devastating during the course of the year. Yeah, good point. And listen, now the bulk of the catching is going to Andrew Kisner. Really good receiver. I get it. He's not going to hit. He is not going to hit. That's fine if you want to live with that. You think you have offense elsewhere. But remember, if you're DH and Contreras, now you're taking it bats away from Nolan Gorman. And that's another young hitter who's off to a good start, who then you're disrupting his development. So there's a lot of problems here, I think, with roster construction and use of players. Um, what I would have done, I would have not made this thing public. There's no reason to announce Wilson Contreras can't catch. It's essentially what they did. They just totally ruined his trade value. He's got a no trade clause anyway. Um, I would have had him catch the same two starters. You know, he's a two or three start behind the plate a week guy. Instead of working with the entire staff, have him work with two starters, match him up. Um, You know, make his job a little bit easier as he gets indoctrinated into whatever complicated system the Cardinals have. Um, But yeah, I I didn't like that. They, they played this out so publicly. We'll see what happens, but listen, you, you, you teased, and you did a very good job of this, Joe, teasing our guest coming up, Mike Borzell. I've actually 
you have as well, of course, but I've seen him do his work between innings, sitting down with Wilson Contreras. Here's the next three hitters coming up throughout a game. What adjustments we need to make, what's working, what's not working. Here's what we're going to work on next inning. It's, uh, you know, the Cubs were ahead of the curve with Porzello when it comes to game planning, in-game planning, as you have it. Uh, so let's talk to Mike Porzello. We'll bring him on right after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast and say hello to Mike Borzello. How you doing, Mike? Good. How are you, Tom? I am well. Listen, let me start with something Joe brought up, and that's these these metrics and sabermetric numbers that a lot of teams uh, put a lot of faith in when it comes to catchers framing, blocking, throwing, what have you. Uh, how reliable have you found those numbers to be in grading out a catcher's abilities? Well, I mean, it's obviously debatable. Um, when you talk to the analytics departments, they're – it's heavy receiving, right? It's it's receiving one. Um, the rest of it falls probably evenly at number two. So that's been an adjustment in the game where, you know, not everyone agrees with that. I mean, a lot of people agree um, that game calling is the most important thing, that managing a staff is, is more important, uh, that you can suffer on the receiving side as long as, as that's going well, um, giving up the throwing and the blocking and selling out for receiving is another debate, you know, in, in modern baseball. We see more balls go to the backstop on a nightly basis uh, with catchers on one knee that are, you know, basically selling out to to the bottom of the zone receiving. So um, I, I, I want every I want a catcher that's well-rounded. I, I, I believe in the receiving being important, but I also believe in blocking and throwing and first and foremost, uh, calling a game and, and handling your pitching staff that comes first. So obviously Borzi, you know, Wilson Contreras, well, you've worked with him for years on a daily basis. Um, first of all, your reaction when you read and heard about the Cardinals essentially turning him into a DH and no longer their regular catcher. Yeah, obviously it's, surprising um when you commit to a guy for for that type of money and for that length of time um i think everyone was shocked but i don't know the the inside story on that i don't know what's going on um i can't speak to to their decision uh but of course i was surprised i mean having wilson for for what five six years in in chicago um, I, I never had any issues with, with him as far as, you know, prepping and, and calling a game, but we did it in a system, a different system. So I, I, again, I can't speak to what, what they're going through. They have obviously a different way of doing things than we did. Um, but surprised. Yeah. Shocked. So early in the season, you know, not even, what is it? 30 games in and you're making a, a, a pretty big decision. Yeah, part of that, what uh, Borzi brought up early on, I was trying to uh, list what are the uh, tools now that uh, groups are looking for regarding a catching position. I mean, back in the day, it was pretty much catching. Catch was described as catching and defense and throwing. Then you wanted him to hit for some power, then possibly hit. And the last thing you looked for was speed among the five tools and number one right now, I agree, I have framing. I mean, that's it's, it's not even receiving or catching, it's framing. And like Michael talked about, they're at the bottom of the zone up and doing the, the, the glove movement all the time and from one knee. And listen, I can't dispute that because I was watching the other day, I was watching, I can't remember who the catcher was, Minnesota's catcher, I think. 
And he was getting a lot of calls, a lot of calls. And apparently he's got a great reputation uh, the way he was pulling the ball back into the zone, which, of course, is going to be somewhat mitigated, I think, or if there's an actual um, electronic strike zone. But point is, number one right now is framing. So when a kid, when a, a scout goes out and now when you're listing the five tools for a catcher, it's completely different. Is it framing than for me game planning and then hit hit with power uh, blocking like Mikey talked about there is really not even that important anymore to these guys. And then throwing, uh, you would think this year with um, the different rules and the fact that there should be an ascension in, in base stealing and base running. It's like, like a guy like Contreras to me could totally stop that particular part of the game and benefit your defense and, and the thoughts put in the other team's heads. But I think throwing has really gone to the bottom. And the last one I have was to lead. Um, you know, when we used to look for catchers as a scout, um, you wanted leadership qualities. You wanted an assertiveness, aggressiveness. You wanted to see those those kind of uh, attributes from the player. Now, I'm not saying that the catchers today aren't unable to do that, but uh, the way the game is brought to the clubhouse now from, you know, analytics and whatever, uh, leading is not necessarily as important as it had been. And, and I, I believe it is, but I'm just saying I don't think it's uh, listed as being as important or thought of as being as important. So the five tools as we knew them, every position, uh, every their baseball players have five tools, and you would list them according to what was more pertinent regarding the position they played. So right now um, you could say defense for a catcher, but it's different. It's framing, and then like Mike said, game planning. And then everything works off of that because defense to me would have been blocking. Defense to me would have been throwing. But I think there's uh, been less of a emphasis there and more on just trying to catch a strike and making sure that you have the right uh, pitch called on your wristband. Uh, Borzy, again, getting back to Wilson, give me your own, and you know him as well, if not better than anybody, your own scouting report on what he does well, um, what he still needs to work on, and and more importantly, um, the relationship working with pitchers. Well, I mean, my my relationship with Wilson goes back to the off season of uh, 2015, we had just gotten beat by the Mets four straight in the in the um, NLCS, and Theo sent me to Arizona to go meet this kid who was down there playing in the fall league, um, and he wanted a, a report on him. He wanted me to see Wilson Contreras, so I flew in. Um, never went home, flew from, from Chicago to, to Arizona. And I met with Wilson and we went through some stuff and we spoke and I found a passion for the game in him. That was undeniable. I mean, he loves baseball. He loves to play. He loves to compete. Um, and Theo asked me for, for a report on him after I left. Unfortunately, I really didn't get to see him play. The first game I went to see him play in the fall league, he pulled a hamstring. So we spent the week going over how we do things at the big league level. We were we we went over reports, we went over video, we we broke down hitters. I wanted to introduce them to, you know, the major league style of prep work and especially our prep work and our system with the Cubs. And he was all in. Um so Theo asked me, What do you got? And I said, Let's do it. Let's what are we waiting on? Uh, this guy's our guy. Like, let's go. He's all in. It'll work. We'll make it work. This guy's going to be a player. And the next year, he shows up, I believe, in June, 
uh, we called him up in the middle of a, you know, the 2016 season. We called up a catcher. I mean, when does that ever happen? A team that's, you know, picked to win the World Series. And we brought up Wilson Contreras in the middle of the season, you know, to to have a three-headed monster with David Ross, Miguel Montero, and Wilson Contreras. And Wilson got the bulk of the playing time. Obviously, Rossi caught John Lester. And uh, Miggy was catching Arietta. Um, but ultimately, Wilson showed up and was was getting the bulk of the time, and, and we made it work. Um, he jumped right in. He We had already spoken about how we do things. And uh, the rest is history, right? I mean, we we won the World Series. I think you spoke earlier about how Wilson Contreras started Game 7 of the World Series and Game 6, if you don't, you know, people forget. He caught Arietta in Game 6. So, I mean, we had... We had a crash course in 16 with him, and uh, and he fit in seamlessly. To be honest with you, I mean it it just worked, and he and he was a big piece to our championship run. Yeah, there was a great story about Wilson was not signed as a catcher. I think he was an infielder. Yeah, and as you mentioned, he's got such a passion for the game. It was one day. Um, he saw some catcher's equipment lying around and wanted to warm up pitchers just to keep himself busy. And lo and behold, he turned himself into a catcher. It's a, the position suits him really well because he's an active guy. Uh, we know he's got a very strong arm. I think he likes being a leader behind the plate. Uh, I'm not sure what St. Louis missed here because they were in it for Sean Murphy in a trade from Oakland, decided to pass. Uh, Joe, you mentioned Christian Vasquez, the catcher with the – the Minnesota Twins is, to me, really fit the St. Louis style of uh, kind of emphasizing defense over bat first behind the plate. They went in a really different direction here, and they don't like where they went, obviously, a, a very quick way into a five-year contract. And I don't, think, I don't think that's on Wilson Contreras. I think that's more on the Cardinals. Um, so, Borzi, what do you think um, – what do you think the future is for Wilson? You think he adapts to this? You think he has to find another place? Uh, is he comfortable, you know, not catching? Because we saw some quotes from him in Chicago where, he, in his mind, he's still a catcher. Yeah, no, I think he he is a catcher. That's a hundred percent the truth. I mean, this guy has to be behind the plate. Um, we spoke about the the position changing over the last four or five years. Um, and the focus being on, on framing and receiving and, you know, Wilson's elite strengths are his throwing arm and his ability to block. So if you don't value that, then you don't value Wilson Contreras. I mean, that is where he excels. He's, he's at the top of the list of all catchers when it comes to throwing. And I'm not even talking about throwing people out. I'm talking about deterring the running game just because of his arm people don't run the game the running game gets shut down before the series even starts because they know he can throw so it's not always about the numbers it's also the back picks where he keeps the guy close to first the leads get shorter there are so many things that his game does to make the other team change their style and those things are not really 
quantifiable at times. You know, you can't really, you can't really see the value he does bring um, when it comes to stuff like that. The blocking. I mean, Wilson Contreras is is as good a blocker as there is in the game. I mean, but if if you put him on one knee, and we don't value that, then there goes another one of his strengths. So again, it, it, it's all about what the organization looks at, how they look at the position, what they value. If it's solely or 90% about framing and you're willing to sacrifice the other parts of the game, then yes, Wilson's Wilson's value isn't going to be quite as high. It's just not. Um, but as far as being a catcher, Wilson is a, is a, is a catcher. Wilson has succeeded at the big league level, has played in, in important games, has won a championship, has played in the all-star game, has, let's not forget, this guy caught John Lester, John Lackey, Jake Arrieta, Kyle Hendricks, Cole Hamels. I mean, I can go on and on. And we never had any issues. Again, I'm not going to speak for the Cardinals. I don't know what's going on there, and I don't want to speak for, for them at all. And, and obviously they have their reasons, and I respect that. But we didn't have any of those issues in Chicago with those pitchers that I mentioned. And those are veteran guys, tough guys, that, as you know, can be tough on a, on a young catcher. And it worked. It worked for us. It is just a, a one more point on that. I mean, um, Wilson always has accepted constructive criticism well. So, I mean, what he, how he reacted to all of this, from what I saw, what I read, um, some voices, uh, voiceovers that he gave, um, doesn't surprise me. Um, I know he's, he's probably, he was impacted, he was affected by all this. It hurt, there's no question. But my, my, met, my, my moments with him is been that that he does accept constructive criticism well yes he does want to get better he started out as not being a catcher so by by no means does he think he knows everything and like Borzi just said listen when you catch Johnny Lester and John Lackey especially those two dudes um my goodness you have to have some thick skin brother that's tough it is tough and and on top of that Johnny Lester really um not only survived, but got better and proliferated with the Cubs because I, you know, after David left the, uh, what, uh, Wilson did behind the plate because you had to stop the running game. You had, you had to be a deterrent somehow. And we worked this little thing with the triangle with Wilson, uh, Rizzo and, and Johnny, when he pitched, uh, it really helped, um, settle Johnny's mind every time he pitched. So there's all these different things that his, his abilities do, his tools do. And again, right now, it just seems as though one is being, it really comes down to framing, I think, uh, game planning. If that is the case, that could easily be mitigated just by signs coming from the bench. So to me, it sounds like uh, somebody just doesn't like the way he's receiving pitches. And it, and it sounds to me as though, I mean, I know him. He'll take that. He'll get better with it. He'll, he'll make the adjustments. But he's caught some really difficult pitchers to catch and some very good ones. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I want to ask Mike Borzello, our catching expert here, about the state of catching in the major leagues right now. Are we at a tipping point? Back right after this. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. 
as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. And, and Borzi, I mentioned the state of catching because I think in this stolen base environment we have now, maybe there should be and will be an emphasis again on throwing arms for catchers and defending the running game from behind the plate. Let's face it, in the analytical era, 
um, you know, taking chances on the bases was frowned upon. And I think we're, we've opened up the game a little bit. It's more exciting. And I look around the game now and I see some young catchers like Adley Rushman, Gabriel Moreno, um, Logan O'Hoppy is injured right now. He's really impressive uh, in a short time with the Angels. Sean Murphy, of course, what he's doing with the Braves is just MVP level. Cabot Ruiz with the with the uh, Nationals, and of course Will Smith is is still young, but a young veteran with the Dodgers. Um, so, give me your take on catching now, and maybe what's being emphasized. I know you mentioned the one knee, um, which I don't mind, but I, I hate to see teams prioritize framing low pitches with runners in scoring position. They're costing themselves runs and bases. Um, so I know that's a lot to take on, but as you look at catching around the game, how do you see it evolving this year? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, one of the biggest debates you can find in baseball is, is how how the catching position has changed over the last three or four years, five years. Um, the one-knee catching, the one-knee catching with a man on third, um, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, in my opinion, one knee catching's fine. One knee catching's been going on for 150 years when there's nobody on base and less than two strikes. That's uh, it's always been around. It's not something new. Uh, a lot of guys had trouble catching or receiving nasty stuff, so they cleared their left knee by putting it on the ground. Um, so that's been going on for years. What's changed? is that now we're doing it with a runner on third. Now we're doing it with runners on second and third in a tie game. Um, and we're still selling out to receiving a ball at the bottom of the zone. And we're, we're not as concerned with blocking. And it's something I don't really understand and I don't agree with. I'm all for receiving on one knee um, whenever you can. When it's nobody on base, when it's less than two strikes, sure. Um, if you have an elite uh, athlete behind the plate like a JT Real Muto who can catch on one knee and still throw out of it and still block out of it, well, then that's a unique skill set. Sure, I'm, all, I'm, I'm fine with that as well. But there are not many JT Real Mutos out there. Yeah, Borzy, let me just jump in there because I think that's an important point. It, it's a it's a uh, a system of catching that I think not everybody can do well. Like in theory, yes, it works, but I see a lot, especially some of these bigger catchers, they just can't move as well as someone like JT, who was a high school shortstop and a quarterback and a great athlete. Uh, he's exceptional. But having a one-size-fits-all for different catchers, I don't get it. I've seen it, and I'm sure you've seen it, too. It must drive you crazy. Where that catcher on one knee with a runner on third base is limited to what he can cover only by his reach. In other words, he can't shift his body, especially you know if it's across his body on the arm side. It just can't cover enough to block a ball to prevent a run. And I don't know why teams aren't valuing that. Um, it's, it's, they go off, right? Big bucket sample sizes. They need, they, they believe that you don't alter your game based on the situation that that's what we're doing. That that's how the analytics departments think. I understand 
that they go off of large sample sizes. So they don't look at the one run in the moment the way we do. They look at it as a small sample. So for them, it's, it's a whole different way of looking at the game. I agree with you, Tom. It's, it drives me nuts when you have a catcher on one knee with a man on third and a tie game, and he's the catcher calls a two-strike slider that he knows is probably going to be in the dirt, and he has no ability to block it to his right, and the ball ends up at the backstop, and the game ends, and we saw it earlier this year, I believe. We've seen a game end on a ball in the dirt, go to the backstop. Guy was on one knee. He tried to flag it with a backhand, and he missed it. I mean, it's really it, – there's there so many other variables to it as well because we don't talk about the fact that that pitcher who threw that pitch that ended up in the backstop, at the backstop, and now that run scores, the next time out, he's either not as apt to bounce that slider, which – he should do to this hitter to get him to swing and miss. So now he's not going to bounce that slider because he doesn't want the same result that happened last week. Or he's not going to throw that slider and he's going to throw a fastball, which is not the right pitch to throw. But because of his fear of giving up that run at third, because the catcher's not going to block the ball, all these little things that happen that no one really discusses, it's a domino effect of how it affects the mindset of a pitcher and a catcher. I mean, catchers at times when they don't think they can block a pitch, especially at the end of their careers when they get older, they don't call that pitch. They go to the pitch they can catch. And that is what's happening here as well. That I, I just think there's so many other discussions that can be had about this stuff that haven't been had, you know, you, there's just so many different things that go into this position. And, uh, yeah, this one knee with this one knee set with runners in scoring position and allowing balls to get past you. And we're calling them wild pitches is, is to me is, is just not right. I just wrote it down. Confidence of the pitcher throwing a pitch in that situation and it, it, it uh, over a period of time you're right that uh, he's just not going to bear it anymore and you, you you spoke to the the, the point of the large sample size and that's the one thing that as uh, always that's been bought that's been most bothersome to me as a manager uh using analytics during the game is the fact that we're always just going off of a large sample size and yeah, i'm here to say and I've asked every every organization I've been with to build me a, a matrix with trends involved and not just large sample size because uh, things change. From week to week, things change. Uh, from month to month, things change. Players change over the course of time. But we're always basing our decision-making on this large number because eventually, yeah, over time, it's it possibly, well, it's going to come back. But losing that one game or those two games or that five-game losing streak that can bury you uh, in a particular month, or in a week, um, you could may have been avoidable had we just followed maybe a little bit different plan based on guys that are hot right now, guys that are not hot right now, guys that are not themselves, guys that are really not very good but all of a sudden are. And how do we treat them under those circumstances? I know Borzy, when he's doing his things, he's going to identify specifically outside of the large sample size, 
who do we have to be careful with right now? And, and maybe the, the, the dude on the other side that is the, is the guy, we're going to go after him. He is all screwed up right now. He's not seeing the ball well. My pitcher versus him, my stuff really matches up well right now. Let's attack him and let's be careful with somebody else just based on this last week or 10 days. And that's the part of this that always frustrated me managing-wise. I want, I want, I want uh, somebody to tell me, show me trends. Show me what's going on right now. Tell me this large sample size. Give it to me. I want it. Yes. But what's happening right now and make our adjustments according to that, i.e. run around third base, uh, tie score on the road. Uh, can I bury this slider or not? Do I, have, do I have confidence that my catcher has the technique and the ability to block this pitch that I need to make? Those are the kind of thoughts that need to be nurtured more, I think. I, I, I agree, Joe. I agree. I th- also think game state matters, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, Mike, this has just been fascinating, fascinating insights into not just Wilson Contreras, but catching and, and what goes on bus- behind the scenes. Uh, we do have one more job for you before we go here, though, and it's, it's easy, believe me. We call it a reading from the book of Joe. We ask our guests to pick a number between 1 and 368, and we'll turn to that page in our book, The Book of Joe. So you're at bat, Mike Borzello. It's your call. You pick a number, any number between 1 and 368. All right, I'll pick my cub number, number 58. Mm. Number 58. Why was that your cub number, by the way? I don't know. They issued it to me, and it stuck. I don't know. It's stuck. Otis. Uh, <laughs> Tomothy. Tomothy <laughs> gave it to him. Right. Okay, this is one of Joe's favorite games, actually. Game four, National League Championship Series. Remember mm-hmm. this one, Mike? Oh, yeah. Mm. Cubs are losing 5-2 on the road against the Giants in the ninth inning. They were three outs away from having to play a winner-take-all game five against San Francisco and its ace, Johnny Cueto, who had dominated them in game one with no walks and 10 punch-outs over eight innings. We beat them one nothing in game one with Javi Baez hitting a home run into the wind in the basket in left field, Madden says. I did not want to see Cueto again. That's all I could think about in game four. And these Giants have been battle-tested. They had won three of the past six World Series, we don't want to mess with a game five with these guys. Right there, ninth inning, down three, Cueto looming. Any decision I'm making has nothing to do with analytics. It has everything to do with what I'm feeling and seeing in the moment. And, boy, that was one of the great postseason rallies you will ever see. Bruce Bochy kept madly changing relief pitchers. Joe Madden had an answer for all of them. Javi Baez, I think, was it Javi Baez, two-strike hit, winds up putting you into the lead, and yep. and and you move on um, and avoided seeing Johnny Cueto. Remember that one, Mike Borzello? I do remember that one vividly, and I also use that game as an example of putting the ball in play matters because Javi hit that 70 mile an hour grounder up the middle mm-hmm. and Wilson comes up and does the exact same thing. We had two seeing eye ground balls that, that helped us win that game. I mean, cause we did not want to face Cueto again. That's exactly right. Uh, you're right. Wilson oh. Contreras, our guy gets yeah. the two run single. He was a pinch hitter for the pinch hitter. That's correct. For there you go. That's correct. It went from, did it go from, uh, Russell uh, Addison to Coglin back to Contreras. I think that's how it went. 
uh, based on what they were doing. And yeah, he just poked it back up the middle. And then Hobby, I mean, that's that's the point. I mean, the, the small sample size, what do you need in the moment? And and you have to have this uh, ability to downshift. You got to downshift. You got to move the ball. You got to put it in play. It can always be about the ball and the gap or over the wall. So our guys did a great job. And like like you just uh, read in the book right there, I did not want to see Cueto again. He was that good. And to me, that was the game that won the World Series for us. I agree. That is just amazing, Mike, that somehow you brought this back to Wilson <laughs> Contreras, right where we started. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Pick it out of the hat. That's so good. Uh, Man, this has been a blast, Mike. Really interesting stuff. You're the best. We appreciate all your time. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. And before you leave, Boris, yeah, I just I, I want to say something because I, I mean this sincerely. Uh, you know, to me, uh, Borzi is like the first guy you want to hire on a coaching staff. No, no doubt. If you're if you're searching or seeking to put your major league staff together, um, his talents and his abilities are are better than anybody else I've been with in this particular position. Um, I, I don't think that that's uh, well known enough. Uh, so I just just for the sake of it, I just want to say it out loud because I've seen him as a difference maker. And then you've already heard it. Not afraid to give his opinion. I think in today's game, in today's world in general, everybody wants agreeable agreeables on their staff or with their group. I like those that are a little bit of a contrarian at times. And uh, and then after you've made your decision, let's go on and, and move it in the right direction. So Borzi's going to tell you what he's thinking. He's not going to tell you what you want to hear. And to me, that's the most viable kind of coach you can have on a staff. So Michael, Mike got up at six o'clock in the morning in Sacramento today to be with us and so I appreciate it, brother. And again, you never disappoint. Oh, anytime. Thanks, Joe. All right, buddy. I appreciate All it. All right, man. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Well, Joe, that was a fascinating discussion. I found it really interesting when Mike talked about how much the catching position has changed just in the last three or four years. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, and uh, typically you you heard in this conversation, I thought he was outstanding. Typically, um, that's what I get every day. When you work with Borzi every day, that's what you get. So, um, he's, there's going to be times he's going to be a little rough, uh, because he's just telling you what he thinks. He puts a lot of time into this time. He can be very emotional about his work, but at the end of the day, it's really good work. And it, and it does, it holds up. I've seen it hold up. Uh, I have that much faith or confidence in his abilities. And to me, the fact that he's not in a dugout somewhere right now really blows me away. And that just, I mean, sometimes I, you know, again, he, he can be difficult sometimes only because he's very opinionated and that's what you got to get past. Um, cause he's that, he's that solid and his, and his, his information is, is really going to be that pertinent to the game. And heck, if I ever got a job again, ever, he'd be one, he'd be the first guy. Tim Buss would be the second guy that I would hire. I think that they are that good. Uh, they, they're difference makers. And I can't tell, I'm telling you, uh, when you hire coaches, you want guys that can really make a difference, that they do something that nobody else, no other coaches are capable of doing. Um, that you could possibly hire. Borzi's one, Bussy's another. They're just difference makers, and 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 their 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 skill set is unique. And I guess, and I'm going on and on about him, but I'm just telling you, he was that vital right down to the last pitch in the World Series when he knew Martinez could not hit a left-handed curveball, and you saw that chopper to third base to KB. Yeah, and it's so important. You know this, Joe, to have people on your staff who will challenge your way of thinking, 
not just rubber stamp it Absolutely. and agree with it. I want that. I need that. Uh, for me to be good at what I do, I need that. And I think if I have a strength as a manager, as a coach, is that I do delegate responsibility. I don't want to do your job. That's your job to do. I got my job to do. And with guys like Borzi on the staff, you know, you just you hand it off. You hand it off. He goes. He runs with it. And I promise you it's going to be a great result. Um, a lot of time and work goes into it. It's his own method. You've been Borzello. I'm telling you, it matters. All right, Joe. As an old catcher yourself, mm-hmm. it's your call here. You call the pitch to take us home. What do you got? Uh, Twain again. I had to go, Twain. The two most important days of your life are the day that you're born and the, the, day, the day that you find out why. And I think I found out that the why was the fact that I would meet Mike Borzello someday. <laughs> I love it. Can't go wrong with Mark. No, I cannot. See you next time, Joe. All right, buddy. Nice job. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.